Do you ever ask where God is in a particular situation? Feeling as if God has completely forgotten us or cut us off. The other day, I was chatting, as you do, with someone about God giving us free will. God giving us the ability to decide what to do or not to do. To be able to make decisions for ourselves. We reflected what it would be like if we didn't have free will. The conversation got fairly deep, to say the least. We felt it would be like everyone being robots or dolls in a Wendy house. This person moves here, this person does that, and so on. As someone who studied cybernetics, it was quite interesting really to think about all of us as robots, mindlessly following instructions, completely under the control of someone or something else. And no doubt we've all experienced a child controlling all their toys in some sort of a master plan which is slightly disconcerting when you've got a dinosaur chatting with a unicorn and a newborn baby and a transformer and a Teletubby and maybe Thomas a tank engine. Unreal, unnatural, uncomfortable to watch in some ways at least. But if we start to ask why God doesn't or didn't intervene in a particular situation, we must naturally consider the alternative of going to the other extreme of not having any freedom. Mind you, sometimes it would be quite nice not to have a choice about what to do anymore and all the decisions being made for you. God is there. God is here. But we have been blessed, or is it lumbered with, free will. We have been given responsibility for our own decisions, for our own actions, even though that means that we will surely make mistakes and mess things up. But if God were to keep intervening every time we did something we shouldn't, we would not have free will, we would not have the ability to decide things for ourselves. God is still interested though, and angels are a reminder of this. In the first reading, we hear Jacob seeing an angel ascending and descending a ladder between heaven and earth. An angel leaving their primary function, which is to worship God, in order to come down to earth on a mission to reach out to humanity. Angels are God's messengers, amongst other things. And why would God bother to send messengers down to earth on missions if God was not concerned with us, faults and all? Here is God, so concerned about humanity that angels do come and go even though most of the time we are not aware of it. 
Throughout the scriptures, we see time and time again God sending angels, some but not all, involve God intervening in a situation. We hear about Simeon having a visit from an angel saying, I know that Elizabeth's old and too old to have a baby, but well, I've got some news for you. She's pregnant. And then Mary, you're to give birth to God-made man, says the angel. And then Joseph, don't panic. Mary is telling the truth, even though that seems completely mad. She hasn't cheated on you. She's giving birth to God. Don't divorce her. And then again to Joseph, go home another route so that Herod doesn't find and kill Jesus, go into exile for some time to keep Jesus safe. The wise men, Herod's trying to fix it, trying to con you, stay away. Mary Magdalene, the angel says, Jesus is truly risen. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And then the first reading today, Jacob, here as a message from God. In the second reading, we hear about Michael, the archangel, defeating the devil in heaven. Elsewhere in the Old Testament, we've got Elijah hearing from an angel before experiencing God's presence in the absolute silence. There are so many more examples throughout the scriptures. And then in the gospel reading today, Jesus referring to angels coming down and going up in the same way as Jacob experienced when speaking to Nathanael. Angels are not human. But I guess if they come down to communicate with humans, it's necessary to take on a human-ish form, albeit with wings, to allow them to engage with us without us being quite so petrified at some strange creature coming to speak to us. Them looking almost human when they visit us makes it a bit easier to deal with. The church also has an understanding of each and every one of us having our own guardian angel, an angel of God particularly concerned with us individually. An angel acting on God's behalf, keeping an eye on us, even though so often that might involve covering their eyes with their wings. I can't watch. I don't, know. I don't want to see what they do next. Or maybe that's just my guardian angel with some of the stupid things I do sometimes. So we do have free will. But God is still concerned with our lives, still concerned with the situations in which we find ourselves, with the angels coming and going, seen and unseen. We are not on our own. God still cares. But we are trusted to get on with things, even if we might mess it up sometimes. As a parent, I find that with Bridget sometimes. Wanting to stand back, let her do things on her own, saying, no, I'm not going to do it all for you. 
trying not to step in even if I see that she's going to do something that she's going to regret. Letting her make those mistakes, hoping and praying that she will learn from in future. But I'm still there, watching, caring, willing her on. Have you ever seen an angel? Or have you ever experienced something happen that you could only explain as being your guardian angel intervening in some way? I wonder. Does everything always have a rational explanation? We cannot explain angels, but we are reassured through Scripture that they are here, coming and going on God's missions, while we carry on living our lives and attempting to be shaped more and more into the people God has called us to be, while the angels continue to will us on from the sidelines. God is with us, never, ever giving up on us, no matter how we might feel sometimes. We are fed by Jesus in the Eucharist. We are refreshed and renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the angels keep watch over us. As this sermon draws to a close, I'm going to finish it with a prayer which is in one of the ancient prayers of consecration, the ancient Eucharistic prayers. It is one that applies so much when we prepare to receive Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.